George Soros, part two. So what drives Soros and the left? That is a topic we'll discuss today right here on the Christian Realview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news that all people can be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host, and our website is thechristianworldview.org. Well, thank you for joining us today for part two of our series here on George Soros. Now, last week we learned about Soros, a Hungarian-born, Jewish-yet-atheist 90-year-old man who has amassed billions in investment trading and funds many leftist organizations, including evangelical ones, who further his mission to transform America and really more broadly the the world into a socialist state. So what motivates this man? And what motivates the the far left in this country? I'm not saying just liberals, uh, you know, those who think we should have a little higher taxes, but those on the left that we see so prominently at the head of the Democrat Party today. I mean, after all, it's it's obvious that the Constitutional Republic of the United States has provided more individual liberties, more opportunity to more people, more products and services, and is more charitable than any nation in history. So why the relentless effort to, as President Obama said before he was elected, to fundamentally transform the United States of America? This weekend on the Christian Realview, we're going to dive into part two on George Soros, discussing what drives him and the left. Now, I received a listener email after last week's program that was a very good one. Someone said, well, how did Soros make all his money? Well, that's a good question. We should have covered that last week. It's an obvious question. You know, this man uh, is is able to do what he does because he is a multi-billionaire. So how did he make his money? So I looked that up this week. I, I knew he was uh, into finance and investments and currency trading and so forth. But I, I dove into a little bit to find out, you know, where exactly and how he made his his money. Now, this is from the Investopedia, kind of like a, a Wikipedia for for finance. And uh, they have an article on this. I you know can't verify all of it, but this is just what they say. So take it for what it is. George Soros has an, had uh, a net worth of $8.3 billion as of April of 2020. Uh, he is the founder and chairman of Soros Fund Management, LLC. He is ranked the 56th richest person in America by Forbes and in the number 162 spot globally. So not in the level of Jeff Bezos, the, the founder of Amazon, or maybe maybe Mark Zuckerberg or some of these other folks who are just in, you know, have more billions. But, you know, when you start getting into the billion level, um, pretty much price becomes very little object for what you want to do uh, in life and what you want, what the philanthropy, uh, Bill Gates, that kind of level. I mean, these guys are all in a completely different class. Soros amassed his fortune as one of the world's greatest speculators, the article goes on to say, in the global financial markets. His famous bet against the British pound in 1992 generated more than $1 billion in profits for him and earned him the title of the man who broke the Bank of England. In other words, what he did is he bet 
that the British pound was going to go down. He shorted it, it's called. And I don't understand financial instruments that well, but he bet that it was going to go down. It was a big risk. He was correct. In other words, he bought stock he didn't have, believing he'd be able to buy it at a lower price. Well, in fact, this, the, the, the currency went down, and he had so much of it, so much leveraged, that it nearly broke the Bank of England. Uh, it goes on to say his quantum fund, it's a, probably a um, fund of uh, mutual funds, generated a 35% annualized return for 25 years. 35%. Usually, a financial investor is doing well if they're, you know, seven to ten percent, thirty-five percent. I mean, this man is obviously either has an incredible genius with investments, or uh, he's got something very improprietous, illegal going on with insider trading or whatever. I have no basis for that, but that's an incredible return, thirty-five percent uh, for twenty-five years. His philanthropic—that's what they call his his Open Society Foundation. Uh, have garnered much acclaim while his political statements have sparked much controversy. That's an understatement. George Soros was born in Budapest, Hungary on August 12th, 1930. It makes him 90 years old now. His Jewish birth surname was Schwartz. His father changed his last name to Soros in 1936 to avoid potential problems with their religion. Uh, his father, uh, Tividar, was a World War I prisoner during the Russian Revolution who has, uh, successfully escaped Russia to join his, rejoin his family in Budapest, Hungary. Soros experienced the growing persecution of Hungarian Jews during the Nazi occupation of Hungary. He aided his father in forging thousands of documents to help his countrymen flee Hungary during the Holocaust. The family regularly went into periods of hiding, sometimes separately. Soros honed his survival skills during these times. And I'll just say from last week, we heard from the uh, this resource bundle we're offering on George Soros that he actually uh, went, his father had him, um, had him go to Germany, I believe it was, and he was put under a, as a godson of a Christian man, so they wouldn't know he's Jewish, and he aided uh, this, this, the, the, either the, the the Nazis or someone in 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 the confiscation of people who of Jews who own property, uh, which then led them to being shipped off to uh, the concentration camps. So th- this whole thing uh, about his background in youth certainly impacted his worldview. Uh, the way he was, his father was, uh, you know, was was imprisoned during the Russian Revolution. And then that was in the early 1900s. And then, of course, Soros experienced Nazism as well. There's no, no question of someone who experiences this is going to be lifelong impacted from it. In 47, 1947, Soros enrolled in the London School of Economics. I believe that school is very leftist uh, in, its, in its vision, uh, believing in Keynesian economics, not in free market economics, but I'm not sure about that. His mentor, Karl Popper, was a philosopher who coined the term open society. And that's the name of George Soros' foundation today is open society. Uh, this man, Karl Popper, obviously was a huge Im- influence in his life when he was a student. Soros was a student, which was the opposite uh, of the dictatorships that Soros had lived through and loathed. So, again, that background he had with the Russians and then with the Nazis made a big impact on him. His philanthropic and philosophical views 
were molded during this time. That's a very important line there. So in his early, late teens, early 20s, whenever it was, his philanthropic, what they call philanthropic is what the Open Society does today, funding all these organizations, these leftist organizations. That's his view of philanthropy. And his philosophical views of the world were molded during this time. Four years after his graduation, Soros landed a financial position at a London bank. In 1956, Soros moved to the United States to procure, to procure a position as an arbitrage trader at New York-based firm F.M. Meyer. He worked at a number of Wall Street firms as a trader and analyst. Uh, the tipping point was when he managed his first offshore fund, First Eagle Fund. Uh, his success led him to launch a second fund called the Double Eagle Fund. Um, go on just to some statistics here, how well he was doing financially. He and his assistant left the firm and formed Soros Fund Management in 1973, structured as a hedge fund where they make they invest in companies that they believe are going to do well. Uh, he was uh, renamed, it was renamed the Soros Fund. Uh, the fund earned 4,200% over a 10-year period con- compared to 47% for the S&P 500. So this man, again, either has a genius when it comes to how, what to invest in and make money, or he's got something on going on behind the scenes that's letting him know uh, where to invest things before their stock goes from low to high. Um, in uh, going on, just he was dubbed the world's greatest money manager in 2011, Soros Fund Management transitioned to a family office. This is when he's now getting more out of the, the everyday work of uh, money management and financial investing. It closed its doors to outside investors and returned about $1 billion in, in money to clients. From inception to closure, his fund earned investors nearly $44 billion, dwarfed only by the $58 billion earned by Ray Dalio's Bridgewater Fund. I'm not familiar with that. So it's been one of the best funds apparently in history as far as earning money for his clients. Soros Fund Management now, and this is the last paragraph here, for Soros Fund Management now primarily exists to provide cash to the Open Society Foundations, the charitable organization started by Soros. In 2017, he gave the foundation $18 billion himself bringing his lifetime total of giving to his own foundation $32 billion. That same year, Soros appointed Dawn Fitzpatrick as chief investment officer of the foundation. Her job is to manage the fund's $25 billion in assets, that's how much the fund is worth, the foundation's worth, and earn at least $1 billion annually to cover the foundation's operations. You have to understand, when you have... $25 billion in, in an open society foundation like this, they invest that too in the markets. And so if you can earn, let's say you can earn uh, you know, even 5 or 10% on that, uh, that is going to bring in a, a million to two, oh, sorry, 1 billion to 2.5 billion per year just in investment revenue. So it's, it's a self-perpetuating uh, cash cow for him to be able to do his quote-unquote philanthropy. All right, that's all as a, a context here and something we probably should have got into last week, but we didn't get into it, so hopefully that closes some of the, the loops that you've been wondering where, uh, where this guy made all his money. So let's get to the topic of the day. Why is Soros and the left driven? What drives them? 
to try to fundamentally transform America. Well, what we think and what we believe, what our worldview is, important line here, is the source of all of our motivations and actions. In other words, what our deepest values and thoughts and worldview is about things in the world, and obviously Soros was in, in, really in, influenced by that professor early on in his days, in his background, what we believe about the world is the source of all our motivations and actions. So we heard last week from this DVD on Soros. Here's what Soros believes fundamentally what drives his worldview. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told us he believes God was created by man, not the other way around, which may be why he thinks he can smooth out the world's imperfections. Soros told the independent newspaper in Great Britain, it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. To say the man has a huge ego uh, doesn't even begin to explain his messianic zeal to turn the world into something he likes, this, this socialist utopia governed by a global elite with him at, at the head of it all. Exactly right. That's from the DVD film of, on the Soros bundle. Now, so in other words, he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't trust or believe in the word of God. So there's no basis of authority for George Soros outside of himself and other people who have influenced him. So Soros has his own vision for the world that's completely devoid of that vision being influenced by God. That's the starting point. That's the source of his worldview. It doesn't explain everything. We have much more to get to to try to answer the question, what drives Soros and the left? More coming up on the Christian worldview. Who is George Soros and what does he believe? Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told the independent newspaper in Great Britain, it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. Soros spends his billions to transform America into godless socialism. Be informed about him and the organizations he funds by ordering this George Soros resource bundle, which includes a 60-minute DVD, 60-page book, and 16-page follow-the-money chart and guide for a donation of $50 or more to the Christian Worldview. To order, call one 646 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331, or visit thechristianworldview.org. That's thechristianworldview.org. The Bible says that children should be raised in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's nothing more important than sitting, walking, talking, and teaching your son or daughter to love and fear God. The church is swimming in children's resources, but it's ultra important to select ones that accurately represent God, His Word, and the Gospel. At our store on thechristianworldview.org, we are intentional about offering resources that will build a sound and strong faith in children. You will find several Bibles for children, the Adam Raccoon book series, and Good News for Little Hearts series. We also have video and audio resources like Theo and Sugar Creek Gang. Browse them all at thechristianworldview.org and then use them daily with the child God has put in your life. That's thechristianworldview.org. 
talking about part two today on George Soros and what drives him and the left in this country. Last week we did part one. You can hear that at our website, thechristianrealview.org. We're offering a new resource in concert with these topics right now. We're calling it the George Soros Soros Resource Bundle. It's a 60-minute DVD and a 60-page book and a 16-page chart and guide. You can get it for a donation to The Christian Realview. Just get in contact with us the usual ways, thechristianrealview.org, or our website, one 646 2233. But today we're asking the question, well, so what drives him and people like him, people who are allied with him? Why do they want to fundamentally transform America? And we, segment one, we heard about his, how he made his money. Uh, the, the irony there is he, he made his money in the free market, right? In, in a capitalistic system. He, he's a capitalist. He used capital to make more capital. And yet everything he funds is socialist Marxist. So it's it's a it's a it's a discrepancy. It's an irony of of what this man has used uh, capitalism and the free market to make all this money. So then he can use use that money to transform America away from its limited government free market um, foundations to a socialist state. So his worldview is the basis. Uh, our worldview is the basis for what we what we believe, what motivates us, what we do in life. And so Soros is an atheist. And so his own, he has his own vision for the world that's completely devoid of God's influence. Now, but just being an atheist does not mean that you're going to end up like George Soros or you're going to be a leftist. You're not going to be like Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Kamala Harris. You're, you may not be a leftist like them. Think of uh, Charles Krauthammer. You may remember him as a, a conservative writer and commentator. He was often on Fox News. He was an atheist as well. So why wasn't he on the left? Because he lived his life. He didn't believe in God. Well, he, like, for instance, the difference is, is that um, Charles Krauthammer was, was an atheist, that he was conservative, which borrows, conservatism borrows its political philosophy from a Christian worldview. In other words, Charles Krauthammer was, was very happy to abide by the, the, the values and principles of Scripture for, for government, limited government, the separation of powers, in other words, the separation of the sin nature of man, individual rights, private property, uh, the incentives that go along with free market to work and to gain and to improve. He was happy to abide by those, even though he was an atheist. He, he concluded that those are better for mankind. He wasn't at war with God and Christianity. He was more like, well, I don't believe in God, but if you want to, that's fine. Live and let live. Now, Soros is very different. He, he rejects God's values and believes that he has better ones. So what drives him is he has a Soros and the left have a deeper rejection of God in his word. Uh, in other words, how much one hardens their heart to truth and how much one resists God is going to determine how far left you go. And some people, like Soros, dive deeper into God rejection. So that, that's the explanation for what drives Soros and the left to fundamentally transform America. They have, they have decided to dive deeper into rejecting God in his word. It's like all unbelievers are not the same. I mean, think about, take the extreme example of, let's say, Adolf Hitler murdered six million Jews and others during the Holocaust. And the, the nice person who lives down the street from you, who never would hurt a fly, but believes they're a good person and their self-righteousness will get them to heaven. 
They both are not saved, and, and sadly, they both will be judged because they rejected God's offer to save them through his son, Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness are we saved, but through God's mercy. We're, by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one may boast. So you're, you can't be saved by being a good person. So both Hitler and this nice person who lives on your street, sadly, the Bible says, are on their way to hell. But they're not the same depth of depravity. The, the nice person down your street is not developing a system to to murder six million Jews. So there are different levels of depravity. I mean, that seems patently obvious. And so Soros on the left, they've just they've dived deeper uh, in into depravity and their rejection of God and His Word. They've hardened their heart more than the other just more typical unbeliever down the street. And Hebrews three says this. He says, "Take care, brethren." that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, we have a choice when we get into sin to either turn from it, repent, and go back, or if we continue to harden our heart, our heart becomes harder, and harder, and it becomes impenetrable to truth and going the right way. So Soros and the left, and we've we've talked about this recently in the program with the the Democrat National Committee platform, are, are much more radically resistant to God and His authority. Matter of fact, they're out to eliminate His authority. You, you've seen the 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 symbol of Black Lives Matter. It's the it's the clenched fist in the air. It's the clenched fist toward authority and ultimately toward God's authority. So they are in a much deeper rejection of God and his authority than just your average, let's say, uh, liberal. And, and to take it even one step further, they might even be in league with the greatest rebel of all time that Saul Alinsky wrote about in his book, Satan. They, they might be. I don't know, but they might be. I mean, ultimately, we're either a child of God or a child of Satan, but some people actually go into that depravity of actually entering into league with Satan. I don't know that about Soros, but that's certainly a possibility. It's not beyond the realm. We see that in Scripture. People are possessed by demons. They're possessed by Satan himself. Judas was. And we know there's a spiritual war going on between Satan and God. And Satan not only has his demons on his side, but there are people that he enlists to be on his side. And George Soros may be one of them. I, I don't know. But if you read in Isaiah chapter 14 about the, the, the Satan's fall from heaven, what was that like? Remember, Satan was, a, was an angel created by God and, and for a time was, was, was under God's authority, but then chose, he said, I can be like God. I, I don't want to be under God's authority. I want to I resist God. I want to be God. That's what took place, and that this, this passage in Isaiah is one of the few places in Scripture that describes what happened to Satan. He was one of the top angels that God had created. But apparently God created angels uh, with some measure of free will, whether to worship and follow him or not, and Satan chose to fall. And now he's trying to take everyone with him. How have you fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn? You have been cut down to the earth. You who have weakened the nations. Talking about Satan here, the one who weakens the nations. But you said in your heart, now notice all the eyes here. I will ascend to heaven. 
I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High God. Nevertheless, the Bible says, you will be thrust down to hell, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness and overthrew its cities, who did not allow its prisoners to go home? This is a description of of Satan, and by extension, it really isn't a description of those who are in utter uh, rejection and fist clenched like Soros is against God and his word. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will make myself like the Most High. That's why Soros said in that clip we played in the last segment, it's something like it's something intoxicating or whatever he said about uh, when, when you when you think of yourself as your own God. That's how Soros thinks of himself, and he's got this depth of depravity that's beyond just other typical unbelievers that he believes he can remake the world with the billions he has made into something that his vision for the world, not God's. Now, there are religious partners to people like Soros as well. It's not just those who are secular like Soros and atheists and those on the secular left. There are also those in the religious realm who are partners to them. So it's not just atheists who reject God and his authority. It's also religious people who say they believe in God. They mention God and the Bible and that kind of thing, but they don't actually submit or obey the God of the Bible. So these unsound religious people, I say unsound is then they have a completely unorthodox, false interpretation of Scripture. They are actually, I think, even more dangerous because they are the most deceptive, and they're very usefully used by someone like George Soros, because they make it appear as if they are doing God's work. And this is why George Soros funds certain evangelical organizations. You can look on the chart and guide we're offering. There's several of them on there. World Vision, I believe, is on there. I believe the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. I think even the National Association of Evangelicals gets some funding from his Open Society. Don't quote me. I don't have the chart in front of me right now. But there's several. We think, well, why would George Soros fund those organizations? Because he knows those are going to deceptively lead the people who follow those organizations the wrong way. So these are the, the Pharisees and Sadducees of our day. Remember back in Christ's day, they were the religious people of Christ's day. But those were the people who actually murdered, had, had Jesus Christ, the Son of God, murdered. Now, isn't that ironic? The religious people, the most fastidious religious people of Christ's day were the ones that murdered him, just as the religious people, the religious left of our day, are the ones in, in ally, in concert, in union, with George Soros. These are the, the liberal Christians who say they believe in God. They may even talk about Jesus once in a while as a great social justice warrior, but they have a completely unorthodox, non-traditional, wrong interpretation of Scripture that leads them to one end, the same end that George Soros want, political leftism. Not the Great Commission, make disciples of all the nations, evangelism, discipleship, but political leftism. We're talking about what drives Soros and the left today here on the Christian Worldview. We have much more coming up. Don't forget to get this resource bundle we're offering on George Soros. You can get it for a donation to the Christian Worldview. Just go to our website, thechristianworldview.org. David Wheaton here, host of the Christian Worldview. 
For over 15 years, our mission has been to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We pursue that mission on air through radio programs, in person hosting events, and online through audio, video, and print resources. We are an all-volunteer ministry, but have monthly operating expenses, the most significant being the cost of airtime on the station, website, or app on which you hear the radio program. We are looking for monthly partners so that each station or website is supported by its own listeners. The level of financial support for a given outlet is a key decision point whether we continue paying to broadcast there. To become a monthly partner of any amount, call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. Thank you for listening to and supporting The Christian Worldview. There's an abundance of Christian resources available, but the reality is that many of them, even some of the most popular, do not lead to a sound and strong faith. While there's only one perfect book, a key aim of the Christian worldview is to identify and offer resources that are biblically faithful and deepen your walk with God. In our online store, we have a wide range of resources for all ages, adult and children's books and DVDs, Bibles and devotionals, unique gifts, and more. So browse our store at thechristianworldview.org and find enriching resources for yourself, family, friends, small group, or church. You can also order by calling toll-free 1-888-646-2233. That's 1-888-646-2233. Or visit thechristianworldview.org. What drives George Soros and the left to fundamentally transform America? This is part two of our series on George Soros in light of this Soros resource bundle we're offering uh, for a donation to the Christian worldview. And there's a lot here. We have more sound bites and much more to get to on this. So just the short answer is what drives Soros and the left is that they more deeply reject God and his word than just your average unbeliever. And they believe they can order a more equitable world without God. Equitable means not, not, not an equal world where there's equal opportunity. That's a good thing. That's what America has exported. Equitable means it's a forced outcome, equal outcome. So everyone has the same no matter what. And this is exactly what, what Soros said. And this is from that, that documentary DV again, uh, DVD again, Listen to what he believes is the impediment to the world he envisions. Though he tends to guard his words and speak in vague generalities, the truth sometimes pierces through. In his 2006 book, The Age of Fallibility, Soros wrote, The main obstacle to a stable and just world order is the United States. Soros' understanding of the world is effectively... We need to control it. People cannot be taking care, cannot take care of themselves. They need to be controlled by a handful of wealthy elites, technocrats, people who know what's best for you better than you do. And it doesn't matter which country he touches, where his hundreds of millions of dollars end up. It's the same outcome. How do we erase the, the character of this nation and replace it with something artificial and globalist? Very important to understand that soundbite, that the, his, his worldview is the obstacle to a just world, and a just world in his mind. This equitable, just world 
is the United States. And I believe he is exactly accurate on that because the United States is really the last thing standing, not even just the United States, just the conservative Christian aspect of America is the last thing standing between the world going into this, quote, just world uh, that Soros envisions, which is really the, the, revel, the, the world of revelation where you have a world leader, the Antichrist, all moving toward that. That's what he's moving toward. Even me, he may not even know it. He may know it. I don't know. Don't know. You know. Don't can't get into the side of his head and know. You know whether he's directly on the side of Satan from a standpoint of in league with him or not. But that's what he wants. He need. He knows he needs to overthrow the system in America to be able to get because there's nothing else. There's there's no other. Uh, there's no other place in the world that would be we would push back against these plans. And so once America and its Christian influence is overwhelmed, Satan can then bring about his united world in opposition to God. And so George Soros is being used, I believe, by Satan to to bring that about. Now, God set up a system where obedience to him, you know, whether through repent and believe the gospel or any of his commands, obedience to God, worship of him brings blessing. And disobedience to him brings judgment. Now, the left completely rejects that. They reject the concept of man is sinful. They reject the idea of God's judgment. They believe that everyone should get the same, equitable, no matter the sinful decisions they make. So just for example, if you've, you've smoked all your life, uh, you've taken drugs all your life, you're, you're grossly, let's say, have taken terrible care of your body, that doesn't matter you, you should be you should get free health care by by taxpayers to support your health care. In other words, your decisions in life shouldn't matter what you receive. If you want to, quote unquote, transition from man to woman, which is impossible, uh, society should pay for those those surgeries, so to speak. If you want to have sex outside of marriage and you get pregnant, taxpayers should have to fund your abortion or pay for your child support. If you choose not to get educated and, and don't work hard in life, you just want to be lazy in life, government should still pay for your housing, your food, your cell phone, everything else. See, that's what the left believes. They don't believe in the idea of reaping and sowing. They want everyone to get that equitable outcome no matter the decisions they, they make in life because they don't believe in sin and they don't believe in God's judgment. They think it's a just, equitable world where everyone gets the same. So to get to that equitable world, you have to take from those who are productive, who actually work hard and, and make good decisions, and you have to take what they have and you have to give it to those who don't make good decisions or have made bad decisions or are, are not making good decisions currently. And that's called socialism, where you, you, make an, you, 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 you are coercively, by force, you create equal outcomes in society. Now, again, the biblical worldview operates on the, your decisions have consequences for blessing or for consequence for worse. And God uses the consequences of our, of our sinful or bad decisions in life to teach us that I went the wrong way. I need to follow God. God's way is the right way. It's the better way. It's the principle of reaping and sowing. And to understand this, this worldview of Soros and the left, of wanting to create their own world without this equitable world, uh, without God, his interference, without his authority, 
you need to go no further than early in the Bible in Genesis chapter 11 with the Tower of Babel. That short story, true story, uh, of about 10 verses or so, explains what is in the, the hearts and the motivations behind Soros and those on the left. It's really human, humanity hasn't changed. It's just new people and new faces for our day today. And I actually looked up the Tower of Babel on Wikipedia just to see what they said about it. Now, this is a typical thing that the world would say. Here's from Wikipedia. The Tower of Babel narrative in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, is an origin myth meant to explain why the world's people speak different languages. It's meant much more than that. But anyway, biblical scholars see the book, biblical scholars see the book of Genesis as mythological and not as a historical account of events. Nonetheless, the story of Babel can be interpreted in terms of its context. So this is what the world believes, unbelievers believe. This is what religious non-believers believe. They don't take the Bible as literal like that this is actually an actual event in Babel. It's a, a myth meant to kind of teach a story, but it's not really true. So I'd like to read those, those nine verses because it goes a long way toward describing what's behind, what drives Soros and the left. Because the same motivation of those trying to build the city and the tower in Babel is the exact same motivation that drives Soros and the left. Genesis chapter 11. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. And by the way, this was after the flood. God had told Noah and his sons to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and move about. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east that they, these people, found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled, settled there. They said to one another... Now just, now, just again, notice all the us's and I's in here, just as the words of Satan were in Isaiah chapter 14. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Just a little interjection here. Remember, God had told them to scatter abroad over the face of the earth. So they were doing this in direct opposition to God. The Lord came down, verse 5, to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they begin to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come. Let us, referring to the Holy Spirit there in Christ, let us, Trinity, go down and there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. Sound like they're babbling, blah, 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 blah. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. This right here is the prototype of what is in those unbelievers like Soros on the left who want complete independence from God. They don't just, you're not just kind of fine to live and let live. They want shake your, your clenched fist in the face of God so that we will do it on our own, not you. We want to be like God. We want to build a city and tower so we can be totally self-sufficient and out from under the accountability 
and authority of God. That's what drives Soros and the left. And the more you harden your heart against God, the deeper into depravity you go and the more irrational paths you follow. And that's why it says in, in Romans 1, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him or as God or give him thanks. They became futile in their speculations. This is why the left and people like Soros you know, to themselves, they seem very, oh, this is, seems like very good human reasoning, but they're actually fu- fools. They're futile in their speculations. Their foolish hearts are dark and professing to be wise. They became fools. So so these who, who go into this deep rejection of God like Soros and the left, they may be intelligent, so is Satan. They may be clever, so is Satan. They may be highly educated, And they may be wealthy like Soros. They may have great influence, but the Bible says they are fools. Satan is able to take any lie and create a reasonable sounding argument for it. If you watch some of the uh, testimony uh, of Amy Coney Barrett, the Supreme Court nominee this week, this is what you see. The left is there just hurling accusations at her about abortion, making abortion sound like a woman's right to reproductive health. Oh, what a, who would be against that? Or the Affordable Care Act, universal government-run health care, as that is, people are going to die. That's the, the ideal health care system. Or they make her religious belief, she's Roman Catholic, seem like she's you know, some sort of big, the dogma. Uh, Diane Feinstein said, lives deeply within her. How, how, what a terrible thing. Satan is able to take any lie and create a reasonable-sounding argument for it. That is why the broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many are, be, many are on it, because they're deceived by the lie. We have some, one segment left to talk about Soros and what drives him in the left, so I hope you, hope you stay tuned. Who is George Soros, and what does he believe? Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. Soros told the independent newspaper in Great Britain, it is a sort of disease when you consider yourself some kind of God, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. Soros spends his billions to transform America into godless socialism. Be informed about him and the organizations he funds by ordering this George Soros resource bundle, which includes a 60-minute DVD, 60-page book, and 16-page follow-the-money chart and guide for a donation of $50 or more to the Christian worldview. To order, call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331 or visit thechristianworldview.org. That's thechristianworldview.org. Be sure to take advantage of two free resources that will keep you informed and sharpen your worldview. The first is the Christian Worldview Weekly Email, which comes to your inbox each Friday. It contains a preview of the upcoming radio program, along with need-to-read articles, featured resources, special events, and audio of the previous program. The second is the Christian Worldview Annual Print Letter, which is delivered to your mailbox in November. It contains a year-end letter from host David Wheaton and a listing of our store items, including DVDs, books, children's materials, and more. You can sign up for the weekly email and annual print letter by visiting thechristianworldview.org or calling 1-888-646-2233. Your email and mailing address will never be shared, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Call 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. 
The more you harden your heart against God, the deeper into depravity you go and the more foolish paths you follow. That's what it says in, in Romans 1. Those who reject God and suppress the truth and unrighteousness, they become futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. That's that's why George Soros and the left do what they do. That motivates them. They they have hardened their heart to God. And so and they, they believe that they can create a more equitable world without God. And by the way, a good example of this occurred this week in the town hall. They canceled the second debate between President Trump and Joe Biden. So they each did separate town hall events at the same time. And Joe Biden could be our next president. And here's what he had to say to one of the questioners in his town hall debate. Um, I'm the proud mom of two girls, eight and ten. My youngest daughter is transgender. The Trump administration has attacked the rights of transgender people, banning them from military service, um, weakening non-discrimination protections, and even removing the word transgender from some government websites. How will you, as president, reverse this dangerous and discriminatory agenda and ensure that the lives and rights of LGBTQ people are protected under U.S. law. Okay, so there's the, the presuppositions and the questions are that transgenderism is a good thing. And anything that would, would push back against the sin of transgenderism or homosexuality would be an evil thing, would be dangerous. How will Joe Biden answer this question? I will flat out just change the law, every, eliminate those executive orders, number one. You may recall, I'm the guy who said, uh, I was raised by a man who, uh, I remember I was being dropped off. My, my, my dad was a high school educated, well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy. And I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time. And these two men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. And, uh, and these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. And I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that an 8-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't hold me to that number, but it's, 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 incre- it's, it's higher now. Yeah. And that's just this year. And so I promise you, there is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever one or two, one, one your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do. None. Zero. And by the way, my son, Bo, passed away, was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. He was the guy who got the first transgender law passed in the state of Delaware. And uh, because of a young man who became a woman uh, who uh, worked for him in the attorney general's office. Yeah, Satan is able to take any lie that transgenderism and homosexuality, though God calls those things sin and, and terrible for humans who go down that road of transgenderism and homosexuality. That's what God says about it. 
But Satan is able to take any lie and influence those who follow his worldview to create a reasonable sounding argument about it. You heard Joe Biden do that very deftly. You know, my, my dad and I saw two men kissing each other. They, they just love each other. There's the rationalization for that. Uh, the eight-year-old should be able to choose uh, which sex she wants, she wants or he or whatever he or she is transitioning from trying to be. Think about that. An eight-year-old? An eight-year-old being able to make that decision saying, oh, you know what, my parents, I, I, want, I, I want to be a boy, not a girl. Really? That, that, that's what Joe Biden believes, that eight-year-olds should be making those kinds of decisions that actually can actually be made? And then late, later on, uh, I can't remember the, the, the next example was uh, about something else, but it was just one lie after the other, but appealing to human reasoning. It makes it sound like, oh, well, yeah, no one should be discriminated against. Now, that would be a bad thing. You know, no one should be, oh, yeah, black trans women. They shouldn't be murdered for being trans. Well, of course not. See, th- this is what Satan and Soros and those on the left are so adept at doing. America's top destroyer is not necessarily George Soros. Satan is America's top destroyer. It says, I am the door, Christ said. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. There's the good thing. There's the good news. Next verse, verse 10. The thief, Satan, only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and might find it abundant, might have it abundantly. Satan is a destroyer of anything good and godly, and Soros is simply in those who jump into the depth of depravity and God rejection they have. They're simply ambassadors for him. As Christians are ambassadors for Christ, as it says in 2 Corinthians, unbelievers who jump in and choose to go to this level of depravity are just ambassadors for Satan. He has rejected God and lives his life in complete opposition to him. So maybe it shouldn't be surprising. It's just that they go into a depth of depravity that we're not typically used to from the typical non-believer who lives down the street. Now what Soros and, and maybe even Satan don't realize or, or, or they reject is that God will overthrow their wicked schemes through the return of Christ someday when he comes to judge and reign. Now, they will get to that one world, uh, quote, just, equitable society, this open society that George Soros is working for. They will get to it. I don't know whether during Soros' lifetime or in the future, because Revelation says we, it will get there. But it's not going to work, because Christ is going to rule, to return, to rule and reign and judge. And this is why, after hearing this program today, that each one of us needs to test ourselves whether we are in the faith. And if you are, Stay close to Christ and follow him with your whole heart. If you're not, you need to do what Jesus said. Obey his command to repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in who he is. He's the the son of God and savior of mankind. Because once you do that, God forgives you. God adopts you into his family. He gives you eternal life. And then he starts to transform you through the renewing of your mind and sanctify you. So you go the right way and not into the depths of depravity and are deceived by these deceivers in the world. You know, the most important thing is really not defeating Satan and Searle's agenda, but the most important thing is receiving the gift of life that God offers through Christ. And once you've received that gift, the most important thing is to become more like Christ. So again, Hebrews 3, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. What drives Searles in the left? 
a depth of depravity into sin and God rejection. Thank you for joining us today here on The Christian Worldview. Again, just a reminder to take advantage of this offer to get the Soros Resource Bundle. Understand this man's worldview and be informed about it so you can understand what's going on in our society today. It's a 60-minute DVD, a 60-page book, and a 16-page chart and guide for a donation to The Christian Worldview. Just go to thechristianworldview.org. Call us at one 646 2233 You can write to us. That is given right after the program today. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly. We hope today's broadcast turned your heart toward God, His Word, and His Son. To order a CD copy of today's program or sign up for our free weekly email or to find out how you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a weekly one-hour radio program that is furnished by the Overcomer Foundation and is supported by listeners and sponsors. Request one of our current resources with your donation of any amount. Go to thechristianworldview.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-646-2233 or write to us at Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview. Until next time, think biblically and live accordingly.